Today we had on Jazz Takar. He has sold over $2.1 billion in real estate. He talks about his journey in sales, how to build rapport with clients, why investing content is so important, and three things agents should be doing over the holidays. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast. Jazz, how are you, my friend? I'm amazing, man. Um just living the dream. I get to be finally on on your guys' podcast. Uh, but uh, big, big kudos to you guys, man, because I started a podcast about three years ago, and now it's so nice to see so many more people getting into this space, seeing other people's uniqueness, their creativity, um, and just the positive energy that you guys bring, man. And so um, I know how tough it is. I know how tough it is to to book guests and 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 then obviously put yourselves out there. And it's the virus that I like, man, which is positivity and you guys are doing an amazing job um just putting that out there and like specifically for our industry and we need that we need more of that so big kudos to you guys and and i'm really humbled to be on the podcast today thank you, thank you. uh positivity man i've never heard that one coming from the broke agent account i don't know if you've <laughs> seen what type of stuff we're posting yeah. on there but there's well, definitely well, positivity coming from bam but most oh. of it is well, Daily even from pain yeah, but even, suffering. Yeah, I get it, but you know it makes people <laughs> laugh, you know, and yeah, that's what we need, you know, and yes. um, especially in our industry. Like I've been doing this for now, you know, coming up to eighteen years, and and there's a lot of ups and downs, but uh, it's it's refreshing to have have like this this new wave of creativity that's coming into the space, and so I'm excited, yeah. man. I'm really, really, really pumped to see where where you guys are headed. Isn't that oh, crazy, yeah. Eric? 18 years. He looks younger than both of us. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I'm, I'm um, aging literally man, I'm three Indian. years hey, I'm Indian. Year. We, we, I'm Indian. We generally <laughs> age quite well, so that's what it is, man. <laughs> so let's get into that. You've, all, you've almost been in the industry for 18 years. You're helping about 700 families per year. Your team of about 50, is that correct? Yeah, 50, about- yeah, 50, 54 agents, and then we have... Um, I'm going to say about now we're at uh, seven support staff, which includes kind of our leadership team, a VP that we have, um, as well as a director of team operations. And so in total, there's about 5960 uh, of us now. 5960. And you you've done a total of 2.1 billion in real estate transactions. Damn. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's like, you know, those are the, the it's really a testament to our team. Right. Um, I myself am still, a practitioner. I'm still in the business. I'm going to say, and this is not to impress people. It's really, really to impress upon the, like where the data is going to be coming from based on where we take this conversation today. But um, out of that 700, I probably help about 200 uh, uh, families and, and I'm blessed to be able to do that now um, sitting, sitting from the office in a hoodie or a t-shirt um, and, and not leaving the office. So I'm definitely not a traditional um, real estate agent, but my 54 agents, um, big, big kudos to those guys because they're really out there doing the, the door knocking, cold calling and, 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 and have their feet to the ground. So 18 years in the industry, but I was reading your profile and watched a couple of videos on you and it says that you've been doing sales since the age of 12 before I was even bar mitzvah, before I knew what sales were. This is when I was playing catch with my dad. So why don't you break down your your sales journey a little bit for us? I know you started kind of on a newspaper route and now obviously selling 
a billion dollars worth of real estate or whatever the number was like break down your journey i I appreciate you taking me back there man for me it actually probably started more um and i might need to update it uh the bio but for me it really started probably around six and seven man like like just put my hand (laughs) up like for real like for real guys like i i was the first kid to put up his hand to help with the book the book sale, uh, 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 you know, selling the Christmas ornaments. And like, like I mentioned, I'm East Indian, man. Like, we don't really celebrate Christmas. But now looking back, it was like, ugh, I just wanted to get out of class. You know, I just wanted to get out. Um, I, I didn't learn in that kind of formal setting. But at 12, to your point, brother, um, that's kind of like the first time that I got paid. Like, no exaggeration. I thought I was going to be selling newspapers my whole life. Because at 12, I got paid for something that I like to do. And so I was like, what the heck? Like, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. Obviously, I got a little bit older and I started selling shoes um, at a store called Sporting Life, which which taught me so much about the importance of actually like really liking your product because they 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 spend a lot of time training like until this day i know what a sprinter or marathon runner what type of shoes they should be wearing depending on if they pronate and how their feet bend like all that stuff the importance of actually liking your product i think is what has made me an effective salesperson and then i worked at the bank um learned telephone skills uh because i was like a telephone banking specialist uh for for about three years and and just picking up on the importance of being polite on the phone smiling on the phone and then i went into car sales and if anybody wants to kind of get in the sales industry i think one of the you know one of the uh most fun industries to be in is is in car sales because you got characters like you got the parts manager the mechanics in the back and the sales people it it really is a fun environment did that for three years and and figured look there's one more one more industry there's more one more rung on this ladder that i haven't uh uh climbed per se which was real estate that being most people's biggest purchase. I wanna, I wanna take the challenge. Um, and then a part of me also, I was taking the ARIA, the real, like the Ontario Real Estate Association licensing. I thought they were gonna teach me how to invest in real estate because I also wanted to create wealth. And and I just saw people be born and raised in Rexdale, like some people, they didn't actually own that property. They were tenants, and then the landlords would come by and start shoveling the snow and cutting the grass. I got into conversations with these people, and they own like the four houses on the street. And I was like, oh, "This is kind of cool." I thought I was actually gonna learn that. I quickly found out it's just so you don't get sued, which is obviously important. But um, that's 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 how I got into real estate eighteen years ago, man. And and then slowly but surely, we started to build a team um, to scale. And, and as they say, the rest is history. So what did you start doing when you got into real estate? What was like, what did you gravitate towards to get business? Number one thing I called everybody I sold the car to right away. Like I, I'm, I'm that guy till this day. I'm a massive, and, and this is not sexy. This is not, um, you know, this is not what, you know, people want to hear in terms of something new and innovative. I just put the work in what most people don't want to put the work in which is calling people that are ready, know me, like me, and trust me. 
They bought for me. They did business for me. They know my quirkiness. They understood that, okay, this guy is going to service me well. So in that three-year period that I was in car sales, I probably did about 150, 200 cars a year. So call it whatever it is, 500 cars. I called everyone. Not everyone was even in the greater Toronto area still. Um, so I started to build that database. I probably started with around 200 to 250 people just called, tried to bring them value, um, didn't have content. That's been the massive game changer now that I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, I'm that guy. I'm the, I'm the sphere of influence, um, calling people, putting on educational events. I did a first time home buyer event probably within the first four to six months being in the business because I, I, I caught on to it really quickly. I was like, okay, hang on. I'm doing these onesies and twosies meeting people, like calling people. Why not just invite them to an event? They'll all come see me. Let's, I'm not the expert yet, right? So I called in a mortgage broker, had a conversation with the mortgage broker about the process. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like 12 people show up. And instead of doing that buyer interview, and I'm doing air quotes for the people who are taking their dog for the, a walk right now, that like, in, in, instead of doing that buyer consultation for one person, why not do it for 12 at the same time? So I'm huge Good. on events, phone calls, and today, 2023, that we're going into is content. I remember my brokerage, Matt, telling me to do like a, a first-time buyer seminar. I was like, that sounds like the most horrifying thing I could ever do is sit there and publicly speak in front of 15 people about something I know nothing about, basically. Like they should almost be teaching me to host an event like this. So there's, but there's a Yeah, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is, is, is most people are like that. You know how, like, I, I think the saying is that most people would rather be in the casket than actually giving the eulogy, right? So in terms of public speaking, right, that's for sure. <laughs> However, however, um, for somebody who's even starting out, like you don't need to be the expert. I figured this out now. Like most people don't buy from experts. They buy from people that are passionate and enthusiastic about the product or service that they're offering. And so I definitely wasn't the, the expert four to six months in. Truth is, I'm really not that passionate about the way that a house looks. Like I really... Like, I don't care. I don't really give two shits about it. I'm more about creating wealth in real estate, but then I just bring on experts. But because I'm the, the guy that's throwing the party, like we all know who the coolest kid was. I have a feeling it was Matt in high school. If he was the one who was, if he was the one who was throwing the party. High school. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> He'd be I, in the I trash know. can every single day. <laughs> Eric was definitely room. cool. He's Eric six, down, feet six, up. three. Eric's six, three, part of the water polo team. He's a fucking... <laughs> Water polo in Tucson? I don't think so. I feel like varsity golf, varsity tennis. It was actually whoever was throwing the parties, right? And so yeah. I just, I just kind of took that on, man. Like, and I still do it till this day. I do, I do like anywhere from four to six events a year, not counting my webinars. You know, like my webinars, I, I do a webinar every other week, right? Because I just, I have found that if you're the one who's putting out educational content through webinars, events, that you get the pro you can start the process of sorting, meaning where most salespeople spend a lot of time in convincing mode, like let me push my fucking product or service down your throat. I'm about come see if you like me because I'm a little different. And if you do, 
if you want to do business with me, awesome. If not, that's okay. Take my, take my uh, uh, um, uh, educational advice and use your cousin Charlie. That's okay. There's 6.6 .6 million people in the greater Toronto area in a 50-mile you know, radius, 75-kilometer radius. Um, I'll get mine. Yeah, so these six point five million of them are fucking real estate agents. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> All you trying to sell the same thing to yeah. each other. <laughs> so fucking true. <laughs> um, so th these webinars that you're hosting, so bi-weekly, that's a insane amount of volume. What is the subject line of these? Like, what exactly are you teaching? Yeah, so we call it uh, um, brunch with REC. We do it uh, every other Saturday, um, live on uh, YouTube, and the webinar started because of lockdown so whatever it was like i think march 14th of 2020 um we always been doing in-person events couldn't do them anymore we went to webinar um status and 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 for the first man i'm gonna say the first like maybe eight nine months was just myself and my business partner shooting the shit about what's going on in the market stats we brought in um, actually probably wasn't eight or nine months. It was probably for the first three months. It was just him and I shooting the shit. Then we started to bring on industry experts. We brought in the mortgage brokers. We brought on our broker. We brought on um, uh, uh, Tim Hudak, who's a who, who who's you know president of the Ontario Real Estate Association, but he's pushing um, affordability in in Ontario in our province. So we just brought on industry industry experts, Eric. Just anyone that we thought had something to say about what was happening in the market. We never really sold anything. Like we didn't push any any type of opportunity until our clients in the comments section were saying, and that probably happened about six months after lockdown. They're like, okay, guys, you've educated us now. And there's been a couple of times you said times like this will, times like this uh, uh, compelling buying opportunities will present themselves. Do you have anything? We were like, holy shit, like you guys are actually wanting to invest at this time. Like you actually are heeding our advice. Great. We started to offer them opportunities and people started to buy well more. We mostly work with investors. We're kind of like top of the funnel work with investors. That's how we get our listings and buys. Um, but we started doing that probably about six months in is when we started to actually offer an opportunity along with the education. So are you with those webinars, are those exclusive one and done? No one's going to see that content again, or are you reusing that content, chopping it up and posting it? after you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a massive believer of any conversation that you have, i.e. like if you guys are kind enough to give me this recording, I'm going to chop it up. I went to, um, I did an hour and a half drive to Niagara Falls yesterday for a 25 minute talk and drove back an hour and a half to speak to some real estate agents, a couple of hundred of them to talk about this exact same process. I mentioned it because I told them, I'm like, guys, like the only reason, you know, two reasons I'm doing this. Number one, is, is there's, there's maybe seven of you that are actually going to do anything with what I tell you. Cause I just, I know the breed of a real estate agent now. Um, and, and the second reason is, is because I'm doing it for the content. I need the 25 minute recording so I can chop it up and slice it up. So to your question, Matt, like ever since I've been recording long form content, I chop up like, like really my whole content model is taking the audio out of any video, throwing it up as a podcast, putting that audio into a, into a software, um, which transcribes everything, i.e. like a print, get your blog out of there, take that blog, 
put take some paragraphs, put that on Facebook and LinkedIn, take 140 characters out of those paragraphs or the blog, put that on Twitter, screenshot the tweet, throw that back on Instagram, um, take the video, slice up the video, take uh, still images from the video, throw on quote overlays. A 30 minute conversation should give you anywhere from 15 to 20 pieces of content or you're just not thinking hard enough. Right. There's so much value in that. Uh, Gary V just came out with a video and he was saying like, you guys all got to kind of like take your ego out of things and just like say yes. Like some people think they're like too big for a podcaster. He's like, listen, he's like, I don't give a fuck who's asking me the question. It could be Joe Rogan, which he's been on, or it could be some random guy from Connecticut, you know? But he's like, all I need is my fucking answer. That's what I'm posting, right? And it's so true. Like there's so much value in that and you're doing the exact same thing. And I think people really need to get that through their brain that like, it's always like, oh, I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough time. Oh, I can't do that. They have no followers. It's like, you're not thinking of the big picture. And like to have a 30 minute conversation, if you don't have time for a 30 minute conversation, I feel like your time management is off. Well, and you're bullshitting. You're bullshitting yeah. and or, or, or let me add this too, right? Like for, for like, I, I don't want to make fun of people just for the sake of doing it, but if you want more and you can't find a half an hour in a week to do what we're talking about, you're full of shit. You don't even deserve the success then, right? Because I now know that I have six videographers and editors full time, okay, on my staff. The reason I bring that up is because I, I can now record agents 12 hours a day if I wanted to. And I know that yep. they're doing dumb shit during those 12 hours. That's bringing yep. no value where if you can just get, and look, here's the other thing for people that are watching and listening right now, right? To bring you value, no offense to Matt and to Eric, but the heavy lifting is always done by the guest. So to host a podcast is actually one of the easiest things to do right? Because you're going to have your six, seven places that you're probably going to go. You're, you know, and think about how these guys started off the podcast guys. They were like, how you doing jazz? Best way to start the podcast, get the guests talking. <laughs> it's the easiest fucking question. And then, and then if you just rely on your other open-ended questions that most of you extremely creative, as, but at, yeah, exactly. <laughs> most salespeople know the what, when, where, how, and why five open-ended yeah. questions, stick to those. And being a podcast host is quite easy. Now, what's not easy is what I said at the start, getting the gas and all that kind of stuff. But over time, you just figure it out, man. Like, yeah. like in, 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 in real estate, like there's the lawyers, the, the mortgage brokers, the, the, the insurance advisors, the home inspectors. There's a lot of people that you'll be able to reach out. I always say this to, to, to agents. Just figure out 24 topics and or guests because the 24 is every other week, okay, that you're going to be able to do this and you'll have enough content to go out every single day. Every other week, a 30 minute conversation will get you your 15 pieces of content. You do that twice a month. That's 30 pieces. You got your month's content. If you don't have time for that, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to have time for it. Like I see even like Eric, we're in different time zones. Like Eric's done podcasts for over us at 6 a.m. his time. 
because you know sometimes you have to do that i'm a warrior i'm a content warship i'm a machine <laughs> it never stops he never content. sleeps yeah I, never like, sleep. I, I swear he doesn't sleep anymore since bam started i don't think he sleeps i don't know if he's actually dead or alive anymore hey guys honestly like i know you're listening you I know your much. listeners. I know your listeners probably know more about Bam, but I don't. Can you give me like a little two second thing on Bam? What what is it? Yeah, what, what it's doing? Broke Agent Media, and it's basically the brand started as the Broke Agent, which is a real estate humor page and account on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now it's a full fledged media company. Blogs. We have five shows, and basically our goal is to become the biggest media company in real estate brokeagentmedia.com yeah. everybody should go love check it, it out so love it yeah it's blowing up right now almost twenty thousand followers on instagram already we get more engagement than inman and housing wire and all these um media companies that have been around for years and we're basically trying to become the barstool sports of real estate where we yeah. disseminate information via video and clips love it love it yep. congratulations guys that's awesome um again for somebody who's been in the industry as long as i have like we, we, we needed something new like this and, and, and fresh. So good job. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm, I'm going to get a little bit more into the sales aspect of things. Do you think a realtor can still be a good agent if they're not good at sales? Um, look, I think the, the answer to your question is yes. Um, and, and the reason I say that is, is for a couple of reasons. Number one, to be really good at sales, other than like actually liking the product, like if you don't like it and or you don't like people, don't get in sales. Like if you don't like people and you're always coming home every day and saying, people, I can't speak to them. If they're, if I get anxious, <laughs> get out of this people. business. Get, like get out of this business. Okay. So, so if you're somebody who does, then that's obviously that checks off that. Number two is what you really need to be good at is making it easy for people to buy. That's where I think salespeople, most salespeople fail that they're trying to sell to their consumers. And all you really need to do, because the bar is set pretty low, like, you know, Matt made a joke about 6.5 million in our, our, our 75 kilometer radius. To be exact, there's 76,000, you know, and, 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 and so out of that, the majority are part time. Salespeople in general have, like if firemen and firewomen were like the most trusted profession, like we're underneath, I don't know, you know, like used car salesmen or something like that. Like, like we're right around there. So the bar's set pretty low. As long as you make it easy, meaning give away the education, you know, you're not the only real estate agent that knows how to sell a home for top dollar. And in most markets, all you got to do and most of the time, like most of the time, now this market's different, obviously. You got to put up a for sale sign. You got to stage the property and it will sell because there's a lot of demand. So you holding all these, these, in, these trade secrets in to yourself is, is not going to work anymore because the sites that are out there, which are Google and YouTube, like people can find all the information anyway. So you might as well give it away, make it easy for people to buy. And then number three, I think as long as you understand all the money to your question, Eric, in terms of can you be good, all the money that you want in sales is in the follow-up. That, that's it. You can be pretty shit, actually. Like, I know a lot of people. In fact, one of the reasons, another reason I got into the business was because I sold a car. I sold a car to three real estate agents in like a 30-day uh, period. So I obviously got to see their credit application and what they were making, which at 22 years old, I was like, holy fuck. 
that's a lot of money. But what I realized is all three of them, because they're, you know, my paisans, I can say this, they're from Brampton. English was like their third language. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm born and raised here. Maybe I can't spell half the words I say, but I can speak the language. And you're making this kind of money? Okay, got into conversations. And what I realized, they're relentless in follow-up. They're not going to, they're going to keep calling their people, not pushing them. Like, and, and that's what, you know, as, a, as an agent now in 2023, like, you don't need to be pushy, but if you follow up and just check in on people, you will make money in this business. So, um, look, even if you're not good in sales, like if you didn't grow up in sales, if you don't have the good looks and the charisma that I do, I was wondering how that was going to land with you two. Okay, it did land. Um, like, you don't need all that. You do need... To the ability to follow up though that's for sure yeah i totally agree because i think people a lot of people have the wrong perception of real estate sales because it's not that like a lot of it is not that much selling for for example when i'm going out with buyers i am not selling them anything i'm trying to have them make the right choice for their family I'm not trying to sell them on a house that they don't want. You know, when you get a listing, okay, you're marketing it. You're trying to sell it. You need to know your shit. You need to, you know, get the best price for your seller. That's in, in that situation, that is what you're trying to do. But for buyers, you're not selling. The main thing you're selling is yourself when you're trying to get clients. And that's where the follow-up comes in. So I totally, yeah, I think people just kind of, they see, oh, real estate salesperson. They think, oh, I'm good at sales. I can get into it. Well, it's not just being good at sales. Matt, what kind of things stand the test of time? Beats me, Eric. Well, I I got a list for you right here. Twinkies, J-Lo, Ben Affleck, Diamonds, The Beatles. You could add your real estate success to that list when you partner with Boomtown, the number one user rated real estate CRM in the game. Boomtown was built to drive sustainable long-term success, Eric, no matter the market. So if you're ready to put your best foot forward and build a real estate business that can stand the test of time, visit boomtownroi.com slash overask. Plus, See how you can score $750 in free digital advertising now. Now that's boomtownroi.com slash overask. Yeah. It's or, a lot or, more than that. You know what? And some of them watch like um, the, the the shows on HGTV and Bravo and stuff like that. And and they're like, oh, okay, this is because I get the question a lot from my from my team and just agents in general. Like, how do you show a house? Like, I'm like, what? I don't know, man, just open the fucking door and tell them to walk in. You're not living in this house. Like, and they're like, but what about the kitchen? I'm like, what are you going to tell somebody this is a kitchen and a bathroom? <laughs> like, what the, yeah. like, what are they, idiots? And I tell my clients this when we walk in and see homes. I, like, I got a full transparency. I don't do a lot of showings <laughs> and stuff anymore. But when I used to, for 10 years, I was a traditional agent. I wasn't like, hey, Eric, look at these fucking granite countertops in this kitchen. Like I used to, I would tell you, Eric, you're not an idiot. Go take a look at the home. Look, in fact, I'm going to go upstairs. You take the main floor. I'm going to go make sure all the lights are on. You come downstairs. I'm like, I'm going to come downstairs. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be in your way, man. You guys do your thing. You're living here. I'm going to knock out here once at your housewarming party. Cause I probably ain't going to have too much to drink that night. And other than that, like you figure this shit out. You like this house. In fact, you'll probably know, you'll probably know in the first 30 seconds, you'll know. 
you'll walk in and yeah. be like, honey, this is it. Or Ugh, let's get the hell out. And I tell them, I used to tell them all the time, guys, let's not waste any time. In that first three minutes or whatever it's going to be, when you know, you ain't insulting me because I took you to go show a home that you don't like. It's not my house. I don't really care. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Right. So, um, it's, 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 it's some sales guys are re sorry. Real estate agents are now seeing what's on these TV shows and they're like, that's how we have to show it. That's not reality. Yeah. No knock on those shows. Some of these guys, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to have on the podcast, really nice people, no knock on them. It's just that it's not really reality. What you do is let people in the home, let them do their thing. And if they're, if they're happy with their service, they're going to introduce you to more people like them. It's yeah. more about developing rapport with those people that you're showing around. Um, and so I watched a, a YouTube video of you talking about like how agents can get rapport. So when you walk up to that door initially, whether it's for a listing appointment or for you're meeting a buyer for the per first time or a seller for the first time, how do you gauge how to develop rapport? Like what sort of factors are you looking for of the house or what they're wearing or how they speak so you can relate with them? Yeah. Um, for me now, a the content does a lot of that for me um, because I because I you know I, I put out anywhere from I'm gonna say five to ten pieces of content a day, um, video, audio, written word, all that, images and stuff like that. Where I'm out there enough where people now have already you know made their decision. Like this guy who waves his hands, he's on crack. I ain't touching him with a six foot pole. Like I'm not working with him or. Uh, there's something about this guy. I want to kind of get to know him a little bit more. So uh, uh, from now, like it's a little different, but to your point, Eric, I mean, you know what I learned, I learned skills um, in, in, in building rapport. Like when I was selling newspapers, man, you needed to figure something out when you're a 12 year old. Um, and, and I had a turban as well. Right. And so I'm, I'm a little different as a 12 year old. And, you know, you see a lot more Indian people now, but back then there wasn't. Um, and so when I'm knocking on the door, before I'm knocking on the door, I'm looking around, like, was there a car on their driveway that I can bring up? Was there, you know, a, nice, a bunch of nice flowers? What can I actually, like, how can I build rapport as quickly as possible? Now, today, without even content, I'm going to try to throw a curveball as quickly as possible to break the ice. I'm going to say something that's going to hopefully break the ice and either through what they're wearing, you brought that up. Like if I see somebody with a, a sports, you know, anything to do with sports, I know like right away, I'm going to say, you know, to Matt, Matt, like, are you truly a Yankees fan? Or do you just like their logo? Cause I always see you with a Yankee. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try to build one for them. <laughs> Eric, like, yeah. I think I heard Tulsa. Like that's where you're from right now. Like that's where you're uh, signing Tucson, in. Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Are you a Cardinals fan? You know what I mean? Are you, are right. you, you know, a Coyotes fan? I'm going to try to break ice right away. Sometimes it doesn't work. Chances are we're probably not going to do business at some point because I'm the, too much. I'm too much out there, or they're too much of a stiff for me. One of the two. Sports is exactly my angle. Also, that's all I used to focus on. Is please be a license plate. Please be wearing an Eagles jacket or something, so I could talk about something other than Eagles real estate. Fan, though, because no, no, we no, have I'm a not. No, okay, good. Not, yeah, when clients used to. When clients used to come up to Eric and like dressed in all black, he was like, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are, are you, a, are you a Blackhawks fan? What is this? Please. You gotta, you gotta give me something here. Or are you wearing golf shoes under there? Do you have a tan? I would look for a tan on the left hand because that meant they would have a golf glove on. And then hopefully we could just talk about golf. Like I could do, I could do it with anything. Something. I could do it with anything like vans, 
Skechers. Yeah, you like, you have, you have the the attire, the fashion route. Yeah, yeah I, I just I just go anywhere. I'll be like Van. I fucking love Vans. Right. We, I'll have a whole conversation on checkered Vans. Right. Well, it's Matt, incredible. when I had you on my podcast, you 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 know you you're a big music nut as well, right? Yeah. So like yeah, that, yeah. that's easy for you. See, for everyone who's listening, like there's something about you, and I'm not talking about Matt and Eric. I'm talking about you who's listening that you probably think is a a weakness of yours or it's not something that someone else is going to like because it's boring. But I can tell you that chances are whatever you think is a weakness and or too unique for, for, for someone else is probably your superpower. That is right. probably your superpower because like, I mean, Matt, I'm sure like you never thought that like this whole music thing was gonna actually help you anywhere, maybe like other than if you were going to be like a music artist, but not like in building rapport, but you just mm -hmm. never know where it's going to take you. Right. No. Yeah. And that's what I want to kind of get into next here with your content. How did you figure out your lane for content creation? You know what, man? Um, a part of it right now is still, I'm still figuring out my lane. Like I haven't really, um, figured anything out and i'm not just saying that it's like I, i'm learning every single day i watch guys like you um watch what both of you are up to with the podcast um but for me i i figured okay at the start i do know because i started this journey five years ago okay four and a half sorry um years ago with the, the content yeah yeah the yeah it, for me i never did short form video okay right i never touched short form video i my first 20 episodes of my podcast were all audio only, okay? Because of massive insecurities that I had about the camera. I just wasn't comfortable at all. Didn't like it. I heard the word audio. I'm like, uh, sorry, I heard the word podcast that it's audio only. I'm like, all right, I've been in sales a long time. A lot of phone calls I've made. I have the experience from telephone banking at, at, at CIBC when I was there for three years. Nobody's ever told me that my voice sucks. Not that people say it's like the most sultry voice around. I don't have that radio voice that our boy Eric does, but um, it's all right. And I don't need to use camera. Oh, and on top of that, like, you know, my mom negotiates over apples back home in India. So like podcasting was free. I was like, this shit's awesome. Like, I love this. This is great. I don't have to spend any money. I don't have to do video. Let me do, let me do the audio stuff. We did 20 episodes. I got a podcast book with Ryan Serhan at his office. And the team was like, like, it's a big one, man. Like, we should put it on video. I'm like, guys, no fucking way. I just don't want to do video. I don't want to talk to the camera. And then my my VP at that time, but she's a business partner of mine in 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 a like a production company that we have. She said, Jazz, why don't you just put the camera on? Don't talk to it. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, let's just have the camera so people can tell that you're sitting with him. I was like, okay, great. Went to New York, did our thing. We came back, handed that to uh, a guy on my team that was doing kind of landing pages for me for a month. He took it, chopped it up, chopped the video. And I was like, whoa, that's how much content we can get out of that one recording. He's like, yeah, like this is, I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, I'll do camera all the time now. That's when I started the process of recording video long form. Then I, what happened over time is I just got more confident. I was like, you know what? I can do a video on the market right now. Something, and I can't remember what happened at that time. Um, three, you know, probably now we're going in like three years ago. I said, let me shoot a video. I did a video for a minute. 
I was like, all right, that's okay. You know, it probably sucks compared to what it is now, like how, how comfortable I am now. Um, and then over time, the long form gave me confidence to do more short form. The short form gave me more confidence to do the long form. So it all kind of right. becomes a, 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 a nice little circle like that. But to answer your question, in terms of my lane, man, I'm just kind of figuring it out. I'm just putting out content that makes me happy. You know, what makes yeah. me happy right now. Um, like, I always tell the story about you, for example, to my team. Because I just released the podcast that you and I did. And it's not a shameless plug by any means, but it, like, it really makes sense for the story here. I heard it's the best one we've ever. Hands fucking best down. performing ever. Yeah. Hands, yeah. And look, <laughs> I've had the Gary V's and the Grant Cardones and all that. I'll tell you why yours is one of the best, man. Okay? Because you were vulnerable. You told your story. You know, mm -hmm. and most people can't connect with a Grant Cardone, Patrick, Pat David, Robert, like all the fucking names that I've had, right? Because they're multi, multi-billionaires. Not that you're not going to get there. I have full confidence that you I'm, are. Yeah, I'm all right. If you can tell I'm background, billion. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, like, like Axe, <laughs> like Axe. Um, yeah. uh, uh, um, and so you were vulnerable. And, and so what I tell people about you, though, is I can never in ever shoot videos like you do. I just can't do it. Like, I don't, I'm not that funny guy. Not that you're not more than just that, but like, I don't have that in me, you know? So what I decided to do was go all in, in, in who I am, which is you get me talking about sales and creating wealth in real estate through investing. You are going to get so much energy out of me that I'm going to turn people off too. I get that. People are going to look at me and say, no way. Just like you, yeah. Matt, people are going to like, Ah, he's not a real estate agent. He's just a guy who does funny videos, right? But we've come to learn now that really the objective in marketing and content, in my opinion anyways, is that you attract the right people and you repel the wrong ones, right? And so, and so that's kind of my lane, I guess, which is I'm going to come with a lot of energy. I'm going to come with a lot of passion. I'm able to do that because I only talk about things that I know, hence why my team would never get me to do uh, a, a video like you because it will come off like acting. Yours, I know yeah. you, you know, you, you put a lot of time and a lot of effort, but there's nobody out there that can say it comes off like acting. You know, where mine would be, you'd be looking at that video like I did of you. Maybe I should do a parody on how stupid I would look, you know, just to show people like, stay in your lane, bro. Do yeah. what you're good at. You, you know? do. You, and you, so, yeah, I agree. You need go. to play to your, no, you need to play to your strengths. Um, and I, I see that a lot. Like I can't do the type of content you do either. Um, and like, I'm rough around the edges. So is Eric. We were talking about this on the Ken Pozak episode. Like we don't have like a nice, like gracefulness to us or a soothing voice. Like you have to Speak play for yourself. Yeah. No, it's just like, when you hear like Ken Pozak or like Neil Dingra talk, it's like incredible. You're just engaged by their voice. It's so soothing yeah. to you and they make you comfortable right away. Like, I don't have that. I'm all over. Like I have like this rigid, annoying voice kind of like, and like, so I know that, but it's like, okay, well, you know, people I've always liked to like make people laugh. So that was kind of the lane I, I, I went to and stuck in and I, I niched down on that. And same thing. It's like you attract those people who are interested. So I attract a lot of the creatives. It's not always For just sure. the creatives. Like, you know, I tell the story all the time, my Freddie Mercury video, um, it got me a $2.2 million buy by, from two lawyers, you know, two extremely serious lawyers who you would never 
think would like some psycho walking around as Freddie Mercury in a house, but they, for some reason, liked it. Now, I'm curious. Did they like you or did like, like, like what attracted them to the video? You or, or the fact that they were Freddie Mercury fans? They thought it was funny. I think a bit of both. Oh, got it. Okay. They liked yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen. So I was just kinda, they I was liked curious. Queen yeah. and they thought it was yeah. funny and they'd never seen a video like that in yeah. real estate. Yeah. And yeah. And so and be, even better, this is my this is my claim to fame. I drove them around in a 2012 rimless Kia Forte to buy the <laughs> 2.2 million dollar house. Shane Bergman would be upset. I'd uh, be Matt. very upset. So, you know, oh, I, I just I want all say- those new agents to know you don't need, you know, it's nice to have a nice car, but don't, don't feel too, you know, I, I was very insecure when I got into the business and people told me like, you need a nicer car. And to me, a 2012 Kia Forte was a fucking nice car. I come, I don't, I come from a 1991 Eagle Vision. I don't know if you guys know what that shit is, but that's like I the know kind cars, of shit. But I don't know the Eagle. Vision. Yeah. What the fuck well, is t- Eagle Vision? go. Although I, I will say, Matt, you yeah. gotta you gotta at least have rims on your car. Let's not you gotta direct rims. agents in the wrong. No, no, no. no. I, I, I know. I, I just don't want to feel. I just don't <laughs> want agents to get them. I feel like they put so much effort into their look and their car, and those things are all nice, but it's not a must. For some people, it will be. But I do believe you can still pull up to a, and here's the thing, you can pull up to a house and park two blocks away and walk up. Okay, it's not the end of the world. Like you don't, you don't need those things to get started. I just feel like a lot of people get get themselves into this financial hole right away because they're trying to look a certain way. I don't want agents to do that if 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 they can't. So I don't want them to feel like they have to. Uh, it's very nice to have a night. Like no doubt when you drive, you, you go on someone's driveway and you have a Tesla or a Mercedes, it's like, you know, people are impressed. But I don't think it's the end-all be-all. I, I completely agree with you, man. Um, even like when people start with content, they they, they, they think that they need like a polished um, uh, backdrop or they need they need like the, the best equipment that's out there. This whole content creation uh, uh, journey that I'm, I'm on right now started with a $75 mic. And I didn't make any changes to that until about probably a year in, if not like 13, 14 months. When I realized I was like, okay, there's something here. Let's step it up a little bit. Like, okay, I'll step it up now. Like $75 mic started all this and I stayed consistent with it because I knew what was more important, which was like, let's just keep doing the content. Like who cares about the nice mics and all that? Like the first three episodes, people were like, dude, it sounds like you're in a washroom. Like, it doesn't sound that good. I was like, okay, that's okay. And like, I didn't hear that from seven people. I heard that from like, you know, 52 people. I was like, okay, now like, I get it. Let's, let's yeah. just yeah. have a little bit of a change, right? I didn't, it wasn't the mic though. It was just that I was in a boardroom with no, like it was just high ceilings and that kind of stuff. So I figured yeah. it out along the way, right? And, and, and people always ask, man, like, how do I get the confidence? It's the experience that breeds the confidence. And so you have to get started. Like you got to take that leap of faith, get started with, with, with content. You don't need, in fact, don't even try to insult someone like a Matt where you're trying to be him because he's putting the reps in, you know what I mean? And so I think you just need to have the patience and the faith that it's going to work out. Yeah. The, the quality is something that we started off kind of in dark rooms and now I finally have a, a lighter background, but people do notice the quality. I agree at the beginning 
that isn't something that should really worry you if you're just trying to put stuff out. But the mic, which I need to upgrade my mic, of course, like all, all this stuff eventually does matter if you've been doing it for a couple of years, because it's about your brand. Also, it's about like, like if you're trying to exude a luxury presence, like Shane Bergman, who we just had on this podcast, all of yeah. his video quality and everything is super high, high def, great sound, perfect editing. Like that does come with practice. I agree. You got to start somewhere, but the yeah. evolution of that is extremely important. And I, I wanted to touch on I was just I was going to really quickly say, Eric, because I think people are going to miss a very important part of what you just said. You said all about the equipment and the brand and all that. But you also said when you're doing it for a little bit, you know, that's right. where people kind of forget that because they'll clip you and saying that you need to have a brand and all this stuff set up. But then they'll forget that little part that you said, which was at least that you've been you said a couple of years. I'm saying at least a year of 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 actually putting out and putting in the work then go step it up and get yourself a studio like you know i'm four four years in as i mentioned into in, in into podcasting i just now like about a year ago no not even a year ago it's probably six months ago I, I i have a whole new studio i rented out i rented out a one-bedroom condo turned it into a studio it's but badass I, well i appreciate sick. that brother i appreciate that um and, and, but that wasn't until three and a half years into it. So just a great point that I wanted to uh, uh, make sure that people got. I also always think like if people are listening to this podcast for the first time, which, you know, is probably 10, 15% every time someone watches it on YouTube or Spotify, the quality has to be good, especially now, because if they hear it and it does sound like we're underwater or, you know, there's yeah. some, some glitches, technological glitches or something like that. That's their first experience with it. And then they're going to be like, well, I'm not going to listen to over ask again, because right. when I heard it, the mic was upside down yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Or Eric yeah. was in his but bathroom the entire time. For so. sure. Like for sure. That's for sure it, but it's also, it's such an interesting point because of where we came from. Like if you watch my first video, my first comedy video is literally my wife, Nikki filming it on my iPhone with no lights <laughs> or mics or anything like that. So it, it it is a weird dynamic because you do need to get started. And I was the same as so many people are now. Like it was always, oh, well, I'm going to wait to do this video until I get the better camera or I'm going to wait till I get my hair cut. I'm going to wait until, and then it goes on and on. You're always waiting for something. You get the camera, you go, oh, I'm going to wait until I get the better mic. It's really, once I get the better mic, it's really going to take off. And you just, keep waiting you never do anything and then when you do actually uh do the idea that you set out to do three months ago you're not enthusiastic about it anymore because you've been thinking about it for three months when i have an idea i try and hit it ah, as fast as i can because that's when you're the the most hyped about it a hundred percent i think I, and that's why i tell people like i mean your videos are different right like in terms of they're a little bit longer form and, and, and all that in terms of what I, what I do and what I kind of tell a lot more agents to do, because I just think what you're up to is completely different. Like you, you you're going into that Seinfeld fucking range, like where you're going to, you know, you have a lot of shit that you can, I'm not trying to compare you to Jerry Seinfeld, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like you, are gonna yeah, yeah. Lose their mind. Yeah, Lose me. their mind. But what just, I think is, yeah. what I think is going to like, what I think agents should be doing is doing a video a day. I'm not talking about a six minute video, like one minute, one minute, get it out there. Cause the more that you get it out there, the more comfortable you're going to get. You're also going to find out what's working and what's not working. Right. So and, what should and, they do though? What so should it, they do? 
Well, literally, I, I would put like, go on selfie mode. Okay. Couple of things. Number one, what I would do is any question through email, phone call, or a DM that you get in, in your, in, like in real estate, answer the question to that client. But then there's your topic for the day. When you brush your teeth and hopefully people do it, you know, for three minutes as it's recommended in the mornings or two to three minutes, whatever it is, that's the time. That is the time that you think of what video you're going to shoot that day. Okay. And when you get have a thing out. buzzing in your head. Yeah. Like when you like, have an electronic toothbrush. Yes, that's what I'm literally that's what I, dumbest, I feel like. for sale by you owners. Know, like a, a torture device, a saw well, machine. Teach people actually how to sell their own home. Teach people how to actually buy their own home because right. we know, I mean, here in Canada, only 2% of people will ever actually do that. Excuse me. In the States, it's like 10%. Stop focusing on the two and the 10 focus on the, you know, the 90, 92 or whatever it is, the 98 and the 90%. Okay. And so that's one, that's one way of doing it. Coming up with a topic every single day, there's tons of resources. Google, all you got to do is Google, um, what, what's the trending topic in real estate that day. Okay. A lot of these platforms, Instagram and TikTok specifically have made it easier now for people to produce content, i.e. with effects like a green screen. Okay, you can bring in an article and you point to the article. Okay, today there's 500,000 immigrants coming into the Canada, uh, coming into the country. What does that mean? So one video every single day, two podcasts every single month where that's the 30-minute conversations. This way from the highest level, you got long form and then you can cut it like we were talking about. And then from the ground up, you're doing one video a day short form. The green screen article is 100% the move right now. Gary Vee's doing it. Ryan Serhant's doing it. I saw you doing it on your page because it's a relevant topic. And then it's you breaking down the information instead of them actually reading the article. Going back to something earlier you said in the podcast about how everybody could just go on Google. Everybody could just go on Redfin and Zillow and find this information. But if you're the one putting out the information, if they go on Instagram, if they go on Twitter, and it's you as the first person they see that's describing what's going on that's invaluable that that means you're their resource for that information so green screen mode article mode on tiktok and instagram is the move there's a new article every day the housing market is in shambles right now right at least that's what all the headlines are saying there's rate hikes consistently like there's so much information and so much news right now this is the best time to be an agent that um can can disseminate this information yeah and people need to also Sorry, you go, Jez. I know I was going to quickly say, like, in terms of Google, if you just put real estate market and your city, so real estate market, Toronto, real estate market, Arizona, and then right underneath that search bar, you click the second button, which is news. You get all the day's news, like most recent going to like yesterday's and the day before. You just click it, pick an article and give your commentary on it. And that's it. Yeah. I feel like people who are doing that type of, a lot of them who aren't growing, they aren't, they're being way too broad. They're still doing things like, here's three ways to get your house ready for sale. It's like, okay, like we, we get it at this point, you know, like that's not really grabbing anyone, but it's like, you know, 85% of millennials are never going to own a house. And here's why it's like, holy, I'm a millennial. What, What do you mean? You know, like. That's like the shit that people, and it's relevant. They're hearing it all over. And then they swipe on TikTok and they see someone who, you know, hooks you in right away. It's a lot better than, 
here's how to be financially free by 30. It's like, yeah. okay, dude, we get it. Like, I agree. I agree, man. Like, and, and, and the three, three ways to stage your home, uh, 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 the two things that you should do as a first time home buyer, those, those are great because at least you're putting mm -hmm. something out there the, to you, yeah. to your point, Matt, the problem with it is that you only give a shit about those tips. If you're kind of in the market, you know what I mean? Like, why do I care about like the staging videos right now? I have no thoughts of selling my property. Neither does my wife. So she's not going to watch it. You know what I mean? And so we also know that the market only turns over at a, at a rate of maybe five to 6%. So at best you're hitting 5% of the people on social where, yeah. where I actually think there's a lot of white space for agents, meaning IE opportunity is actually becoming more of an investor savvy advisor because there is one thing that most people are interested in, which is getting out of the rat race, right? Meaning like, what are ways that you can create wealth in real estate? Like yeah. what type of investment properties, what type of investment strategies, right? And so I know this is a little different than you know, what we were speaking about in terms of content, a, a little bit of a tangent, but what we found about a decade ago is we shifted our conversations with our clients and our content back then. It just wasn't on socials. It was done through email marketing and events where we would educate people on, on, on how to create wealth in real estate. They started to look at us more like an advisor and not a real estate agent. Almost like when you go to the bank and you have like a, you know, an advisor there, right? You, they, they started to tell us everything, all the money in their bank account, how much equity they have in their homes, like how much money one partner was hiding from the other partner, all of that. Okay. And, and they also would tell us about their niece needing a first, their, her first condo or, or their brother-in-law who wanted to sell their home. So you started to get the peripheral business as well. And then the best thing from our perspective, working with investors is that they're multi-transactional. They're not in that 5% turnover. They're not, sorry, selling their properties every five to six years, right? What's actually yeah. happening is that when they get hooked on that crack, they want that property every single, they want something like that every single year, minimum. Some of them, they want to do it multiple times in a year. Like, hey, give me, give me another property. Give me another income property. Give me another income property. So there's a lot of white space for, for real estate agents um, in, 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 in working with investors. There's just not yeah. enough of them out there. There's not enough investor savvy uh, agents. Sorry, Eric. That, that content perspective is brilliant because all these other things, like Matt said, the home staging tips or why now is a good time to buy, why now is a good time to sell comes across as commission breath, right? It's the agent that is just trying to get clients to buy or sell and make them feel comfortable about buying or selling. But when you flip it and you're like, here's how you could actually make money, then it's like, okay, you're providing value and you're showing them, oh, I can make money. It's not this person that's just trying to get me over that, that hump to actually do a transaction with this specific person. So yeah, yeah the investing yeah. side, especially now in a down market is yeah. a, a great content button. Or even better telling them, I was going to say, or even better telling them never to sell it. So right. like, yeah. like what we tell all of our clients is, yeah, look, man, we have a vested interest in you actually selling, but don't sell your property. Let me find you a way to refinance it. If you have the stomach for it, and then we go down that kind of path where you don't need to. But to your point, Eric, like in terms of, 
Why now is a good time to buy? Why now you should sell? Post that video on TikTok and see how ruthless people are there. Yeah. And, and what they, like, you know what I mean? Like people- I get you, it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get why they're doing it. They're trying yeah. to come across as professional. Yes. Like they yes. know their thing, but they're not taking any risk and they're not they're they're just being so broad so because they think everyone's gonna like this they're gonna see that i'm professional but what's really happening is they're coming across like eric said as salesy and almost a little uh clumsy and uncreative like that's kind of what 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 they're coming across as and they're thinking it's another thing where if you just really you know here's a way to do this like create wealth with real estate it's specific you're going to niche down that audience who wants to create wealth with real estate, who's interested in that topic. When you say something broader, like here's how to be financially free by 30. It's like, okay, I, right away. I think you're just like full of shit. A, a course is coming immediately. A course is yeah. coming. <laughs> a, a, and also like you're a real estate agent. Like don't be, don't be my financial advisor. Yeah. You know, I need to, you need to earn their trust. And then like you said, Jazz, you can be their advisor or they can see you as an advisor, but like you have to earn their trust first. People are so quick to sell and just like, I don't know, there's so much content out there that's I'm happy people are doing it, but they got to take a little more chance and like just be a little more creative with it because mm -hmm. it's, it's not doing anything as bad as that sounds like it's, they're doing it. And it feels like what I was doing when I just got into the business, I was going through the motions of the business. I was door knocking. I was cold calling, but I didn't want anyone to answer the phone or answer the door. You know what You're I mean? I was 100%. doing it so people so people would get off my back. They're yeah. doing you, content because people are, are all telling them to do content, but they're not really trying us, to us telling do, them to do content. Yeah, we're yeah. all telling them. And that's I'm I'm happy they're they've bit the bullet. That's yeah. awesome. But now it's time to like go to the next 2, gear 2.0 2.0 version of themselves yeah. right i totally yeah i totally agree with you it's funny with the, with what you just said about like you know when you were door knocking because <laughs> it's so true right like where yeah. i mean i have salespeople who who make even fake a phone call right just when they're getting it's started scary. Right? so i get it, it is I get scary it. i yeah i totally get that too and it's even like you know like like million dollar real estate agent or the one thing like Fine books by Gary Keller. Are they the greatest thing I've ever read in my life? No, but most real estate agents have to say that. They post about it like it's the greatest, like it's Harry Potter, you know? Like, it's okay to, you know, the one thing? I didn't love it. It's okay yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah. People, people like, it's like you, it's like there's certain books and certain courses that you have to like in real yeah, estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? So yeah, 100%. Agents just love, they love tricking themselves <laughs> into thinking that they're actually doing right. something. Exactly. Like my, yeah. my entire first two years in real estate was like, at least I drove to this house and dropped off an expired <laughs> listing package and I could <laughs> trick myself into thinking, oh, I scoured the MLS for 15 minutes. I walked around the office. Like you, you're just basically trying to fill up time. Yeah. For sure. Because then you can tell people that you actually did the work. Right. Or right, just like, yeah, tell tell yourself. And it's yeah. and it's I would door knock for I would door knock. I wouldn't even door knock for that long, but I would walk around for a long time <laughs> so I could get the footage to put on Instagram. So it looked like and I'd film videos in different sections and then I'd post them hours apart. 
So it looked like I was door knocking for five hours. But really, Hashtag I did a grinding. quick. Yeah, right. I did a quick fifteener. Knocked on three doors. One person told me to fuck off. I went and got a coffee, went home, and started posting shit for the rest of the day. Which is, you know, it's a bad, bad mentality to have when you're trying to get business door knocking. For sure. <laughs> is what Jazz, is. Let, let's, uh, let's wrap it up with one piece of advice you could give ag- agents into this shifting market from a content perspective. What do you think agents should be focusing on the next, I don't know, three months into the holidays? Um, three things that they should be doing is actually, and this is my one tip, but it's kind of wrapped up in the three things that they need to be doing specifically when the market's shifting. But the truth is, in fact, even when the market's really good, because then you just have more competition with agents, which is number one, you got to set up educational events. I mean, we're past this lockdown stuff now. People like to be face-to-face. People actually want to see pe- people. They, they, they want to have some wine. They want to have some cheese. You don't have to overthink it. Stop overthinking. All you got to do is set up an event at your office. You can rent a hotel, nothing. You don't need to get fancy with caterers and shit like that. Get like the $8 bottles of wine. Most people don't know the difference between an $8 bottle of wine and an $80 bottle of wine. Get some cheese. If you want to do it in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday, get some coffee, get some bagels, get some croissants. So that's number one, educational events. Once you put on, once you set the date for an educational event, you could do then what's number two, which is pick up the phone and invite people. Hey, Matt, how you doing today, man? I'm so excited. You know, things are good with you. Yeah, great. Listen, um, I'm putting on an educational event to talk about what's what all these interest rate hikes and things and what you're hearing and watching in the market, what that actually means to you. Drop the phone. Good. Eric, same call. You just keep calling, invite people to the event. And then number three is produce one. Shoot, actually. I don't even want to use the produ- the word produce because that makes it like it. you need some massive production around it. Just shoot one, one educational video of a question that you got from a client or a friend in and around the real estate market or do the exact thing that we talked about earlier in the podcast, which is go to Google, type in real estate market, your city, click the news button and do a green screen uh, video on top of it. So the three thing is set up educational events, make phone calls and shoot one video a day. Love it. There you go. Genius advice. Appreciate it. Jazz, where, uh, before we leave, where can the people follow you, find you, and uh, let's get you up to 10,000 on Insta. Oh, fuck. I appreciate you. There you go. Send send them them to Instagram. Now you said that. I don't know where the fuck I was thinking. What's your Instagram? uh, Jazz. J-A-S-T-A-K-H-A-R, and then the number 13. Jazz Tackar 13. Amazing. Let's, I appreciate let's get you, you guys. Out. Over 10,000. Thanks so much for being on, Jazz. You're Thank awesome. You. Thank you for having me. Thanks a Thank lot, you. guys. Have a great, great week. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast.